Welcome to Women of Calibre. Welcome back to the show. I'm going to be recapping December 2021, which was really eventful. I spent the first part of it sick and like I had a mild cold, but still. And I just remember that it snowed. I was in the UK. I was not happy because I was clearing out the storage unit, but I got it done by hook and by crook. I had help from the the guy down at the storage unit. He helped me dismantle a bed so that this family could take it back to uh, Oxfordshire, I think. They needed a new bed for their children. And yeah, so I mean, I was happy to, I didn't get much for it, but that wasn't the point. I was on a time crunch and I needed to get that storage unit cleared out so I didn't have to pay any additional fees. Okay, so on to the next part. I just want to skip all of that, the trauma that I still have around having to get rid of my possessions is something that I actually don't want to revisit. So we're just going to move on swiftly to the fun part when I was dragging my, I think it was two sets of hand luggage and one rucksack, wheeling them down the road to catch the bus to then get to Luton Airport to finally fly back to Cyprus. And that was the highlight of December. And I remember arriving in Larnaca and taking that first picture of myself on the beach, it was, you know, a few degrees cooler than when I'd left in November. Uh, and we also had an impromptu PCR test for the entire plane, because I think I arrived just as they were changing the rules over. So yeah, I was greeted with a PCR test. And yeah, I mean, it came back negative and everything was fine. And I just remember being so happy to be back there. Uh, I stayed in a hostel for a few nights. And that was fairly, I mean, that was fun. I think it was someone's birthday party and this girl at the hostel cooked and it was really good food and we had fun, like just met new people. It was the usual. And there was a bit of a an altercation in one of the mixed dorms, this guy decided that he was the self-appointed, uh, I don't know, behavior monitor or something. And then it just, he rubbed everyone up the wrong way. And I think he was given an ultimatum to either buck up his ideas or leave. <laughs> and most of the people at that hostel, I think were in their thirties or older, so, that puts paid to the idea that, you know, youth hostels are only for young people. Yeah, I had a great time. I think that's when I met the Hungarian lawyer, actually. He was just, you know, in Cyprus to get some sun. And it really got me thinking about how warped my attitude towards travel was prior to last summer, because I was the kind of person who would put away, you know, a few thousand pounds before to just make sure I had the best holiday um, and looking I mean looking 
at it now, I wish I had spent less money and traveled more, traveled way more because I had enough annual leave. I just put all these conditions on travel. And I think life can be like that where you, you make your happiness conditional on things that are within your control, which I mean, saying it out loud now, it doesn't make any sense. But I mean, it doesn't make any sense to think that way, but there you have it. So I could have traveled to all of these places earlier. There was no real reason why I stopped myself from doing it. I think I placed way too much importance on my day job um, and it was never reciprocated. So there you have it. So on to the next thing. I had a great time in Lanaka. I met some fun people. There was Monica and there was, um, unfortunately, I can't remember his name, but this guy who's half Belgian, I think he's half Belgian, half Dutch. And for Gerald, let's call him Gerald. Um, <laughs> and I remember him telling me that he would subscribe to my YouTube channel, but he would never watch the the videos, which is not all that helpful, but never mind. And the thing that stood out to me about him was when I was telling him about Exodus Summit and these women, these black women who've traveled and who last year they came back to share their experiences traveling. And I remember saying, oh, you know, black women really like Turkey. And he was like, really? oh, I'm surprised, you know, because I think there is that tendency to think that, oh, well, you know, black women are not liked in Belgium. They're not liked in the Netherlands, apparently. So they can't be liked anywhere in the world. There's not a place on this planet where a black woman can be happy. And it just, that thought or that attitude is something that it stayed with me. I mean, we're a year on. A year on from that time, I'm still thinking about that comment and that the attitude behind it, this perception that because black people are not fully embraced uh, in Western Europe, that the rest of Europe and the rest of the world must be like that is crazy to me. I've been to Turkey since and I had a great time. <laughs> And I liked it a lot more than I liked Cyprus because nobody stares at me in, in Turkey. And I felt that people had genuine care and concern. The people that I've met have just been great. I found a community there that I belong to, a co-working community, and it's more like an entrepreneurial community as well. They do social activities. And I, and this is, one of the reasons that I think travel is so important because you have to go and see for yourself. My first trip to Turkey was a revelation. I was like, wow, there are places in Europe slash Asia because, well, part of Turkey is in the Balkans and the rest is in Asia where people don't stare at you. Even if they're curious about you, they don't openly stare. They clearly weren't raised by wolves. And I really wish I had left Western Europe sooner. <laughs> and I'm not trying to tar the whole of Western Europe with the same brush, 
but that attitude was and the fact that people are a lot ruder in western europe i'm sorry to say but that's just been my experience the further i go east the happier i am south is it's i have mixed feelings but definitely east but i don't want to jump the gun because we're so at the moment i'm talking about december and in december i was in cyprus for part of the time and then i flew back to france via austria and i was stranded there overnight because the connecting flight left as i was getting off my first plane and i was actually entitled to compensation but i don't think i got round to doing the admin for it anyway moving on swiftly so i land and i arrive in france and the process of my parents selling their home is underway but there are some admin bits that i have to do and apparently i was supposed to be the one to sign the final sales bill sales contract if you like and so i set to work and i was trying to locate documents like the deeds of the home it was it was crazy i've never bear if you bear in mind that i spent nearly three decades in the uk i know very little about how things are supposed to unfold in france so i had to go to the internet to understand the whole process of selling a home uh i had to organize a survey and we found out that there was remedial action required to segregate rainwater from normal wastewater in our home well in my parents home so in fact when i get back to france i'm going to have to call them out to check that they're happy with the remedial action that we've taken this summer i jumped on the internet and i started looking around and i spoke to a good friend of ours and then i spoke to my parents separately and i really tried to get to the root cause of what the sale was about and my concern at the time bearing in mind it was december it was christmas all these people had come to visit the house my concern at the time was that the estate agents were very keen to sell the home from underneath my parents feet but hadn't come up with a single solution to their housing problem in terms of finding an accessible home that would be in the right area within budget there was no attempt to do that they just wanted to make the sale and i'm not an expert on selling homes but i was looking at the market and i was looking at other properties with a similar size of a similar size in the region i was just looking at the competition basically and i i remember looking at the listing for the house and not being happy with it i want there were things that i wanted to check like the um energy efficiency of the home considering it's a 30 something year old home it just didn't ring true to me because it was december and it was balmy i mean there were lizards on my windowsill because my room is south facing and i 
never needed to put the heating on the whole three months, nearly three months that I was in France. So I just thought, yes, okay, climate change, but is this house really as poorly insulated as they're making out? I wasn't happy with the valuation. Basically, this is all leading up to the fact that I pulled the plug at the last minute or the, the 11th hour, I decided, you know what, I'm not satisfied with any of this. I think these are just estate agents trying to take advantage of two elderly people who are vulnerable and who just have this notion that they'll find this magical place which will fit all their requirements once they've sold the home. But the home wasn't the problem. Once I'd spoken to my parents, it was becoming incredibly obvious that the issue wasn't our home. It wasn't the location because they lived in that location and they like it. It was just the fact that they don't really have the energy or the wherewithal to deal with the upkeep of the home and to make it more accessible for themselves. So once I'd figured all that out, I pulled the plug on the sale. I also didn't like the attitude of the estate agents, which to me was very disrespectful. They, I think they saw a black African couple and they thought, right, we're going to make a sale no matter what, it doesn't matter, these people are not French. And what I mean by that is not that, my parents are French citizens, right? But it's it's this kind of, there's always the subtext of, oh, but you people aren't going to stay here, so you're going to have to sell, regardless of the fact that I'm still alive and I might have children, I might have a spouse one day, I might have grandchildren and I have, no intention of selling that home. <laughs> that was the realization for me that actually, no, this is what generational wealth, this is how generational wealth is created. And I'm not about to let it go. So instead, I just reframed everything, restructured everything and realized that this is their forever home. They are not moving. They are not moving out. They're not renting it out. This is it. So the buck stops here. How do we make it work from here? And that's just my analytical, technical side taking over. And things have been way better as a result. I just didn't realize that my parents lived in such a hole that part of France, honestly, it doesn't even feel like France. I've been to other parts of France and I feel like they live in some kind of barren desert that's just been abandoned by the authorities. It's kind of a weird no man's land. It's like a Swiss colony in France. It's, it doesn't even have a hospital, even though people could really do with having a hospital in that town. Um, it's hardly got anything. <laughs> Every time I go there, I just think, my goodness, it's like a, 
I mean, it might as well be in the middle of a desert somewhere, except that there's a lake. <laughs> so, yes, yeah, so that's what they're working with. That's what we're all working with. And we're just persevering. So, yeah, the sale of the house, even though the notary tried to coerce me and the... Uh, the estate agent also tried to weigh in, but um, she's no match for me. I've been dealing with rogues and cowboys in the UK construction industry for nigh on 15 years. She was no match for me. She had the audacity to come to the house, try to threaten me with this really weak, weak argument saying that, oh, well, the buyers, you know, they might take you to court. And I said, well, if that's what they want to do with their money, then perhaps we will have to go to court. And then I closed the window because I didn't even bother to go downstairs to open the door to invite her in. And off she went. And that was the end of that. There was no, there was no moving forward with that nonsense. And it just reminded me that, you know, even though the world has moved on, there are parts of the world that are very much the same. And that's that switch when I'm talking to someone and I realize that they've othered me and they've also decided that I'm inferior to them. And that's when I have to put my foot down and show them who's boss. So that's what I had to do. And it was, it was really freeing. I never met the prospective buyers my mother had, and I think my dad as well. So I had no emotional kind of attachment to them. You know, I, I, I'm sure they'll find somewhere else. And I think that if they were struggling to get the funds together to get a mortgage to be able to buy the home, I can't imagine how they would then redirect the funds into a legal battle when I knew that legally they had zero recourse. I even spoke to a friend of mine who is a lawyer and... Uh, just for validation, and she, she scoffed. She thought it was the most ridiculous thing. And it, but this is what just reminds me that France is still racist. But the difference between France and the UK is that France is openly racist, or French people who are going to be racist towards you are usually openly racist, whereas in the UK it's always covert. Um, so you always feel like you're being gaslighted. I uh, sent them packing and it felt great. I actually sent them packing in early January, but yeah, that's the, I guess that's the sneak preview. I won't need to talk about it in the January update. The other thing I want to talk about is mindset and the company that you keep because I had a conversation over Christmas and New Year with someone in my life that I don't want to get into the details too much, 
but someone who made a casual flippant remark, but it was one that I've heard so many times. And this was from the same person who had months earlier had urged me to return home because they were concerned about my, how my parents were doing. And I just thought it was extraordinary that the same person had the goal, the audacity. I don't know what it is about, what it was about December 2021. People were really trying to rattle my cage, but this person had the audacity to make a comment about my integrity. And I, which I thought was very strange considering they've known me all my life. And I've always been ship shape, above board, beyond reproach. So, but it, it also kind of was the end of our relationship as we know it, because I realized that this person has been envious for the longest time, has unresolved daddy issues, um, has a family, two children, a husband, and yet is still very much interested in my life, which I just think is very strange, but just from a point of view of comparison. So technically they're winning, right? In, in their book, they're winning. And they're still, they, but they still have something to say about my life, no matter what I do. So I keep, I keep them at arm's length. Honestly, I, I don't really need to see them anymore. And that's great, but it's very important to be careful about the company you keep because this is someone that I feel I've forgiven time and time again. And they just, that green eyed monster just persists. And I thought that once they finally got everything they wanted that I'd be off the hook, but no, they still, they always have nasty little digs like that to make. And this was also someone who would never share knowledge, whereas I'm the kind of person who always does. I probably do it to the extent where it drives some people nuts. And that would be this morning, probably, because a friend of mine that I haven't spoken to in a really long time shared one of the challenges that she's having. And I thought, oh my goodness, I could totally help you solve that. That's easy. I would do it with pleasure. So instead of reading my coursework, reading my anatomy and physiology this morning, I found myself playing business matchmakers for two friends that I've reconnected with, not just one. And it really got me thinking that if I'm willing to do this for free for friends, I'm pretty sure that there are people out there who would pay me to do it because I know I'm really good at it and I've had time to absorb information from all these different sources and to come up with a, a plan of sorts. So that's a potentially, that's another business idea. The other thing I wanted to touch on briefly is mindset. And by that, I mean that in coaching especially, what I've encountered is that you're, whether you think you can do something or whether you think you cannot do something, you're right. You're probably right. But I think that 
there wouldn't be any coaches if we all knew exactly what we were capable of doing and we could all go about doing it without guidance, without support, without brainstorming, then we'd all be where we want to be. And I don't think that's the case. And I just feel that there's a school of, I don't even know if it's a school of thought or if it's just a person who thinks that you can't be taught how to be an entrepreneur. But I reject that and I reject most of what they believe, <laughs> which is pretty much why I've always run my own race and stayed away from negative people who are usually ignorant and don't have, they don't have the wherewithal, they're not capable of doing something and therefore they tar everyone with that same brush. Uh, and if you try to improve your situation or try to reach your goals, they're right there to cry you down. Out of envy, out of jealousy, I'm not really sure. So another encounter I had over the last, this week, this last week, has been with a young person who's an aspiring author and we had a great interview but I hadn't done my due diligence and I didn't realize that I should have put in place a release form and set up an agreement because we had a miscommunication or, a well, it was a misunderstanding. And I realized that it's a cultural difference because I've, again, I've only worked in the UK and there are things that you don't need to say that are just kind of understood. So for instance, we had a pre-interview and this is this might be podcasting 101, but it was news to me, right? So we had a pre-interview and we had a discussion, a very open discussion, which was, which I, well, I thought the point of that discussion was to set the boundaries of the actual interview. So we had the interview and my guest was mentioning all these things that they didn't want to end up in the interview. I had issues with Skype. I also had issues with the fact that my guest started recording the interview before asking me. <laughs> and all these things might seem like small issues, but they could they could have escalated. So my guests started recording without telling me that they were recording. I saw the red button and the, the message flash up. And that meant that I wasn't able to go through the housekeeping rules. That would have, you know, that's something that I wanted to do before the interview. But anyway, all this to say that I've had to delete the interview. All the time that I spent editing it is time that is lost now. And it's just made me realize that I'm gonna carry on solo until I have an agreement drawn up by a solicitor explaining how it works, you know, whether or not the guest will have access to the footage. I want to own it, obviously. And I want to run the interview. I don't want people accidentally recording. So I need to find a better platform and I need to put an agreement in place. And it's 
a real shame because I was filming from a location that was gorgeous. They had really nice art. It's just a shame. And I also realized that handling guests on a podcast can be quite tricky. I don't know if other people talk about this, but I'm going to talk about it anyway. Of what they say, like how they respond, the kind of language that they use. Like, I think I want a lot more. I need to draw up some guidelines for how I'd like this podcast to turn out because some of the views that were expressed also made me this is how uh, this is how it went down so thanks for listening and I'll be back tomorrow